1: Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. My name is Kimberly Cook, and I'm the Assistant Director at the Hendricks Center. And today, we are going to be talking about how Christians should think about the paranormal. We hope that this can be a really helpful time to tackle some of the like mysterious and more disarming experiences and things that we hear accounts of, and um, just... Really, work through how to think through the claim the claims of those kinds of experiences and navigating situations in which we find ourselves, knowing what in not even knowing that's probably a strong word in this <laughs> in this environment, but trying to work through how to think biblically and theologically and where to um, not overemphasize or underemphasize the the spiritual mm-hmm. world. So we are joined by um, very distinguished guests today. We, on my right, is a, a retired DTS professor who continues private practice and overseeing budding um, counselors, Linda Martin. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And then to my left is Scott Hurrell Who and just be prepared. This is this is a little bit long. Uh, <laughs> In a good way, <laughs> professor of theological studies at, here at DTS um, and is also adjunct professor at Seteca, which is a seminary in Guatemala, Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary in Jordan, and the Center for Theological Development in Mozambique. So he has been all over the world multiple times. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. All right. So to get us started on this conversation, which is just really exciting, I've been looking forward to this (laughs) podcast because I have a thousand questions and I'm sure that the people listening have a lot of questions as well. But to start off with, and just so everybody can kind of get to know you all, how did you come to reflect on these areas, on the areas of the supernatural and the paranormal? And we'll get into what those words even mean in a second. But Linda, let's start with you. How did you come to be thinking in this area?
2: Um, If I had been reincarnated, I used to be a cat, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm curious about everything. Uh, So I've just um, just been curious about everything. Okay. So I really got into it more in depth after my graduate work because I thought I was going to be a counselor and teach people appropriate boundaries and communication skills and those kind of things. So one day I was working with a client of mine, uh, this while I was doing my doctoral work, and she had come in with a pain in her side. Well, I was doing projective techniques at the time, so I said, why don't you just kind of close your eyes and let your mind's eye go down to that area of your body? And so she sat there with her eyes closed, and I said, go down there and look and uh, tell me what you see. So she said, oh, it's really dark. Really dark. See, I'm expecting some association with the memory or something like that. So I said, Well, keep looking. She said, Oh, it's really, really black. I said, Okay. So she sits there quietly for a while, and I'm sitting there quietly for a while. All of a sudden, she, with her eyes closed, she says, She's mine. I couldn't think of any graduate book where that had come up. (laughs) Prepared you for how to answer in that moment. (laughs) All I know is the hair on the back of my neck went up. And interesting, what came into my mind immediately was my old catechism training, where you Mm. memorize verses. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hmm. I felt comforted, but I was still lost. I didn't know what to do, but that's how I started. Hmm. Wow. What a like. What a cliffhanger
1: of a <laughs> start. Okay, Scott. How did you come to be interested in this area? Yeah, more not quite so dramatic because I've been <laughs> in a lot of places.
3: But I, I, when I went out with with YWAM, I was eighteen years old, and we were in the town near the most remote of a little island called Tobago Space is the name of the town. And the rest of the team had gone back to the Capitol three hours away. And I was, I don't know, I must have bumped into a a pastor who said, I'm a spiritual Baptist pastor. Would you like to preach at my church tonight, which was a Monday night? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure, I'm spiritual, I'm Baptist. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And I I went there, and he comes in. It was getting cloudy and rainy and lightning, too. He comes in with a bell to... uh, to scare out the spirits. Mm-hmm. Water sprinkled around to attract the spirit and flowers to appease the saints. A few things like that. Well, I preached everything I knew. The Pentecostal pastor showed up too, so they sort of an amen contest. See, who could outdo the other? A little girl went to sleep and fell off her bench, which made a big, oh my <laughs> big crash on the ground. And, uh, I just walked out of there thinking, um, I have no idea what just happened, but it was strange. So welcome to the unseen world.
1: (laughs) So what does it, um, well, again, we'll get to definitions in just a second with regard to, you know, what paranormal and supernatural and all of those things do and don't mean. But I'm just curious a little bit more, what does it look like to reflect in these areas? Because I find it interesting that you both tell a story and And so, is it largely experience based? Have you what you know, what reading in the area or what I, I mean, I'm not looking for some kind of certificate or credential, but just what has it looked like as you have reflected and thought about these areas? what does that what does that even look like?
2: I'm always looking for answers uh, because uh, I grew up as a Lutheran conservative Lutheran. And so we knew we had the right answers. And uh, my mother had a bunch of sisters, but we knew my mother was the best of the sisters. So as I grew yeah, I mean, that was helpful, you know, and I lived in a state, Iowa, that had no poison spiders or poison things. So I knew I had the best of everything. And so I would assume everybody would agree with me because I had the best and I knew the best. And, and it's as I grew up, I thought, I wonder if everybody else thinks that what they think is right. Mm -hmm. So now I became on a quest to, is truth really, that I think is true, really true? And then I started questioning everything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Francis Schaeffer apparently went through a time like that where he just threw it all out and had to start over, too. So I felt like that. Um, And... um, Forgetting what your question was, but that's how I got into it. Is mm-hmm. I was I was reading everything. Bridie Murphy, that was reincarnation at the time that book came out. Uh, I was reading things that glossolalia. Mm-hmm. I never heard that. Uh, we Lutherans didn't even talk, let alone in tongues. <laughs> so uh, I would just you interpret a lot. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I did a lot of reading, and some of probably which you may touch on today, and, and the slightly occult. And mm-hmm. I even read about ectoplasm and those kind of things. Which do you know what that is? I do not. That's no. all right.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh really? They used to weigh bodies when they put a body dying on a bed, and then. They wanted to know how much the spirit weighed. So then at the moment of death, they could see the weight difference. They decided it was just a couple ounces. Wow. And then they used to do a, a ther, uh photograph to catch the spirit going. So I was curious about, do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I used to be a cat. Yeah. <laughs> So I've been around.
1: Okay. All right. What about you, Scott? What does it look like? What does it look like to reflect on these things?
3: Well, I think it's just been through the years, different things that have come up. And I haven't had a lot of direct experience, but I remember needing answers. I, speaking of Francis Schaefer, I yeah. went to Labrie, lived at Labrie. Mm-hmm. Os Guinness was writing his famous book, uh, The Dust of Death. And about that time, he was writing about the really dark, the occult, and And he would explain to us that strange things are happening. Things Mm -hmm. fall off shelves. Mm -hmm. Uh, There seems to be real spirit activity, even where I'm writing this in my own home.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, I'd known a little, but uh, I suppose then as a missionary and other things, you you see that sort of thing uh, more often than one would expect.
1: Okay. Okay, so when we're approaching this topic for the first time in a serious way and we're not just, you know, giving candy to some like little children dressed up as ghosts at our front door <laughs> when we're when we're approaching it in a serious manner what definition what are we talking about what are the mm-hmm. definitions that we need to know what are the areas that we need to know and that you would suggest, you know, a basic christian or a basic pastor should be aware of. So, what, I mean, so I've at least thrown out two. So, there's the supernatural and the paranormal. Would you mind unpacking the difference between the two? Are there differences? Well, I'm
3: normal. Okay. I'm <laughs> uh, not sure about everyone else. Uh, <laughs> normal would be the natural world that we live in, uh, the experiences that we have. Supernatural, of course, are beyond what uh, can be verified, really paranormal in some ways as well. The paranormal might be the broader term. Well, Linda, you might be able to help me here, too. It is what, uh, from a in a naturalist world, we simply don't understand what's going on there. Supernatural very clearly defines uh, spirits or forces beyond us, but that are in some sense defined as spirits, ghosts, and mm-hmm. in some places, saints, mm-hmm. God working, Satan working. Mm-hmm. So the supernatural is the more elevated of the two. Paranormal can be that we just don't understand it. Okay. But it could be supernatural.
1: Okay. What other areas should we, terms we should know what they mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and things that maybe used to be considered uh, paranormal, we just haven't, didn't have the science to understand it, too. So knowing what is paranormal, um, the northern lights seemed scary until they understood the, the the temperature change, the inversions of the whatever up there. And uh, uh, so hmm. I rem- a silly thing, but an example, I used to be terrified of sinkholes. As a child, I read the paper, and I read about a sinkhole. So I was probably nine years old. All I knew was all of a sudden the earth could open up and fall in, and you mm-hmm. could fall in it. I knew that that happened with Moses, you know, when people disagreed with him, the earth opened up and some fell in. <laughs> so I was very sensitive to sinkholes. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is how children think. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Absolutely. I moved the a, little bit, a little bit beyond it. But as I grew older, I started reading about sinkholes and what causes them and how the earth erodes the sand underneath and it'll fall in, and then it was, then it, took it out of the paranormal for me that it wasn't aliens who were underground sucking in bodies like the old movies mm-hmm. showed. Um, so that would be an example of sometimes we just don't know enough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a, uh, it can be normal. I mean, ice cubes are paranormal to somebody who's never <laughs> seen cold weather. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Okay. Okay. And so what is, oh, we'll get into some, uh, some, a little bit more of those later on. Um, so Well, you've already talked about, you know, some things coming off shelves and definitely some kind of other entity speaking from the woman that you were counseling. So are there any, is there credibility to the stories of the supernatural that we are hearing? And for those who would really want to know, like, what does the Bible have to say about that and helping decide whether or not those are credible stories?
2: Linda, let's start with you. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking about stories in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> of course, there's always, you know, um, uh, was it the witch of Endor? Was mm-hmm. it calling up Samuel? Indeed. And lo and behold, she got him, you know. Sure looks that way. Yeah, it looks that way. So was that really Samuel? Was that really? So can people come from the dead back into this realm? Uh, The Bible would suggest that happened, but we don't know what it really, I don't know. Um, So I put that in with a lot of other things that I hear from clients or interviews or things like that, and I know a lot of strange things do happen. Scott, what would you add?
3: Sharon Bigley in Newsweek, uh, this goes back a few years, but she said that I don't know what her source was, but she's a well-known religion <laughs> writer. Forty percent of Americans believe that aliens may have come to Earth and taken people captive. Forty percent. Mm-hmm. She talks about how there are quirks in the, for her, evolutionary process of forming our brain. So that there there are aspects of perception that, that just so it's sort of like a kink in the machine. All of a sudden, something that we perceive doesn't make sense and of course for us uh, for anyone you already have some kind of a worldview that's behind you you have a way of thinking so oh that must have been an angel when somebody else looking on might say no you just were lucky Mm -hmm. or it might have been a spirit or might have been whatever else but we do um, fill in the blanks the gaps with what we think maybe should have happened so I, I just, in fact, just this last weekend, taught taught on angels and, and spirits. This was a pretty calm class. I didn't want to say much. <laughs> Sometimes people really do burst out with all these stories they have. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it was an angel, but probably not. You know, I hate mm-hmm. to be too, too much a skeptic. Other times, it's very, very clear that something happened that goes well beyond what we can explain. So... Um,
1: Can I interrupt you for a second? Sure, please. So do. what makes it clear?
3: What makes it clear?
1: So when you when you hear that yes. and you and you say, you know, at least for you when you would be making that decision yeah. as to what a student would be saying, what would make it seem clear to you?
3: One is where there seems to be no other explanation except the supernatural.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, dare I give an example? Sure. <laughs> uh, one of our students who who graduated with this DHM, but but he and his wife and two children, little children, were in where, Cleveland, uh, icy winter, 17 below at that point. And, and he ended up sleeping with one child and his wife another, which they never did. But in that, he had, a, he had something of a, uh, a, a vision that, or a, a dream that suddenly woke him up. And as he woke up in the middle of the night, Then he heard glass break, and he thought maybe somebody's breaking into the house. So he started running down the hall and hit a thick cloud of smoke. He immediately woke woke up his wife and children and with bare feet ran out into the snow as their house literally burned down. Mm -hmm. The head of the fire department said, how did you wake up? This is a kind of fire that nobody wakes up. It sucks the oxygen out of the rooms, and you're, you're asleep before you know what hit you. And it was at that point that this man named Jake said, The Lord wants more of my life than I've given him. Hmm. And that that's what led him to seminary. Hmm. So how do you explain something like that? Maybe coincidence, but many times that which surrounds it like Peter, he didn't know what was going on with him when he when the angel broke him out of the prison and yet He thought it was all a vision until he's standing in the street. The angels left him and I'm really here. I'm not not
1: in jail. So often it's hindsight that fills
3: some of that in. Yeah, that's how.
1: Okay. Okay. It helps a little. (laughs) But I just want to be clear for anybody listening we are we are saying sure there are instances where you know some credibility might be in question but as believers we definitely hold to a supernatural world and yes. to a spirit world and so we have really the vantage point that allows us potentially some explanation or understanding though that is a very loose that we hold our explanations loosely because again it's outside of much of our understanding and like even perception. And so we have to hold that loosely, but we do recognize that as opposed to somebody who would just say, well, that's none of that's true. It's only Mm -hmm. the material world. And you're, you know, the, the books just fell off the shelf in the middle of the night. There's nothing wrong. You know, that kind of thing is that, would you guys convert, concur with that or no?
3: Okay. I I was studying this very area. (laughs) On, I'm very interested.
1: On <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and at 11 at night, all of a sudden, a whole wall of books came crashing down. Hmm. That has never happened before or since. It's freaked me out, and my immediate thought was, there's, there's more going on here than just, hmm. I just put them back up, same stuff, mm-hmm. they've never fallen again. How do you account for that? I don't know, but I have my suspicions. Yeah, yeah. So those things do happen that mm-hmm. are difficult to perceive in other ways, but are possible other ways. So,
2: Okay. So uh, Let me come on uh, on that yes, one. Yes, please. Uh, <clears throat> I have some equivalent things, and, and it irritates me that there should be supernatural things that I then account to darker forces, and I get irritated at them. So, I mean, this is my reaction to Unpack that for us. <laughs> like, how dare you? I mean, I'm a child of the king. We all know that. Mm. Yes. You know, so I just pray against them. And uh, I don't like to think, because I know a lot of really dark things because of the client base I work with. I don't like to have that in the front of my mind. So when I go to the store, I don't look around and go, what do you do at night? You know, mm-hmm. what ceremonies do you lead? I don't like to live there, and I feel like it almost gives Satan too much of me. So I think the best of everyone. I'm cheerful. We joke and all that. I don't know what they do at night, but if I found out. <laughs> so so that, there's that element.
1: No, that that's actually really helpful. That leads right into the next question. So if we do... In some measure, as believers, recognize the supernatural, the presence and existence of the supernatural world. How do we think distinctively Christianly? That's too many Lys, but how do we how do we think in a distinctively Christian manner about this area in a way that doesn't just take us to you know what we see on ho- in Hollywood or you know or other like the occult and what they might do you know what might be real or not with what they do what how do we distinctively as Christians approach these areas Linda
2: I was going to respond to what Scott was going to say oh okay no 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 no, no. it's all right. maybe I'll give you the philosophy of demonics that I cultivated okay okay Um, and this is this is part scripture and part my experience with them. I came to believe that demonics are just like germs. They're around all the time because we were born into a fallen world. And what that means is uh, they're against God's, the image of God in us. So we're in a fallen world with germs around us. And yet at the same time, we give we are given through scriptures all the ways to live in a healthy way. When we live in a healthy way, germs don't typically bother us in fact Mm -hmm. we have a very good uh system to fight off germs we have you know so you don't worry about germs you live a healthy life you have good family good relationships you learn all the one another concepts in the bible how to forgive one another and confront one another and all these things uh what happens is when you get into woundings you know then in woundings the germ can get in and those are what we have to uh, be careful about. How do you deal with a wounding? Mm-hmm. See, because anything of the spirit world, the, the demonic world, if you want to say, uh, would have us divide and conquer. You know, they want divisions. Christ's last prayer was about unity. Mm-hmm. So his, all of his teaching is how to come together, how to wear shoes of peace and so forth. It's just opposite. you just think opposite and you know what the the uh, the supernatural world uh, would have for you. Um, and so i I put it in sense simply because I taught first grade and third grade out of college and <laughs> I found that's out always that's always the best way. Always, yes. Yeah.
1: My my father always said if you can't put the cookies on the lower shelf, you probably don't know it to begin with. <laughs> very true. Very true. So, um so just to follow up on what you're saying, it, for clarity's sake, are you saying that when when we look at the supernatural world we should largely just presume it's demonic?
2: No, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, uh but when we sense an evilness to it. Okay. Then those are the germs. Uh, if my hands are sticky, I don't assume that's something toxic. It's probably, you know, some sugar I've been eating. Uh, so no. Uh, like I was thinking about because I just saw the movie Titanic recently, a re- thing on the television. Okay. When the Titanic went down, people all over the world woke up in the middle of the night. They knew something had happened to their loved one. Now that's supernatural. That's not demonic. But it does speak of some sort of a, you know, is intuition. Uh, my mother always had intuition, which was spooky <laughs> or irritating, you know. Uh, that's not demonic. So there is uh, another aspect of the world that I don't even know what to call it paranormal. Okay. Alongside the normal. That is just not demonic. Okay.
1: I just want to, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that's very helpful. I just want to be yeah. sure that we're all saying Good. the same thing and talking through that. Okay.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast. I am its host, Amber Cullum. Each week, I sit down with a guest to discuss hard truths and the unwavering grace of God they've experienced while journeying in God's kingdom here on earth. You'll hear from guests like Jen Wilkin, Jamie Ivey, Andy Crouch, and Scott McKnight. Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com.
1: Scott, what would you say with regard to how to think Christianly about this general area?
3: Well, pretty obviously, we start with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the primary texts, there's other ones as well, but uh, should I read Deuteronomy 18? Sure. Just a little passage of it. When you enter the land the Lord God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable way of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire Who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So there's a good structure, and that continues right into the New Testament, as to what we are to avoid and and, uh, stand against, really. And I don't think it's in vain that, like Ephesians four says, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, Mm -hmm. lest Satan get a foothold into your life." So, Mm -hmm. along with a wounding, uh, I think, Linda, I would add, when there's conscious sin in a believer's life, particularly sin repeated, justifying it, maybe getting away with it, and all of that, that that weakens a child of God, a soldier of God, daughter or son it breaks down their armor in some ways mm-hmm. and makes them also susceptible to, let's say, supernatural and I would say demonic oppression because of that mm-hmm. sin.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So so what I'm hearing you all say is that as believers, we need to recognize the legitimacy of this dimension of our existence, of our reality. Yeah. And, and in doing that, um as we do that, we need to be very careful, be very careful in any instances, particularly, like you've said, like where there would be some kind of wounding, uh, you know, emotional, like relational, psychological, um, all of that. Right. A lot of people have trauma backgrounds. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as well as wounding from sin and continuous mm-hmm. yeah. sin. And so it, is it only with caution that we should approach the supernatural as believers
3: maybe we need to bring in also here as believers we've been regenerate we have the holy spirit within us Mm -hmm. and and Not many have the gift of discernment, probably, but all of us should be discernful. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the Word of God to guide us, and so Word of God and listening, trusting step by step with our Lord protects us from all kinds of stuff and and a lot of things we just don't know. Where is this coming from? Is this of God? Is it you know? It is paranormal. Lord, keep me on track. And and you don't see you don't see the apostle Paul or any of the apostles going around as ghostbusters. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not going in to spiritist centers and casting out everyone. That those problems usually came to them, mm-hmm. and and then they dealt with it. I think of where was it Philippi, where where Paul is preaching. And I think Silas is with him, and it says that. Day after day, this girl, who was a medium, kept walking after them mm-hmm. and saying, these men are the men of God, and they're telling you how to be saved. How does it get any better than that? That's an mm-hmm. advertisement you can't pay for. <laughs> but after, it says, many days, Paul became frustrated with that, turned around and cast out the demon, and literally all hell broke loose on him and Silas, mm-hmm. of course, they, went, they were beat in prison and all the rest. But he didn't go after it. In fact, he ignored it for a while. And maybe that's good for us to do, typically, too.
2: Hmm. Do you have anything yeah, to add? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's good for me to be obsessed about it. Um, and <clears throat> because, I mean, the whole thing is we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And as believers, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And um, at least keeping ourselves open to His guidance. I mean, He nudges us when we're going too far the other way. If I'm, I mean, I get nudged a lot. Um, because I, I'm curious, (laughs) Uh, but then I always have to go, because I'm always curious why somebody believes something I think is absurd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why would they believe that? So then I let myself go into it, but then I always say, is this scriptural? Well, if it isn't, then, then I know exactly what I either need to talk to them about or their error, and then I can resolve something in myself. So I enter into more places with people, uh, just kind of like that's my nature, and that's my nature with therapists. I don't assume, although I know another therapist that says he assumes everybody that comes in is lying to him. Hmm. I assume there probably are, but they don't intend to, or they intend to, but they're not really, and I will notice where they're not lying, you know, so. (laughs) How do I
1: think about that? Do I think, well, you know, the Bible doesn't have anything like that really, you know, and it just says that it created, that God created the world and, and okay, the universe, but the only creatures and, you know, beings, it seems like that he largely created, at least at that point, is given to me in Genesis. And so to go beyond that is to really go beyond what, I know uh, with regard to origins and that kind of thing, you know, like, so how Mm -hmm. do I, so if that's one of the things that's coming to mind, what would you guys say to help my mind try to think through, okay, if that is real, then does that mean that God isn't real and the Bible isn't true because it doesn't seem to have anything like that reflected in how to live a godly life. And, you know, it says it's equipped for godly living. Well, if that's the case and there are aliens, how do I live in a godly way with aliens? You know? (laughs) So I clean my house today. What's your opinion?
2: (laughs) Well, see, and that's the way I thought. I mean, you know, I know exactly what you're thinking. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we
3: might disagree some because the Bible is the Word of God. God Mm -hmm. is really there. He's the sovereign one. And because the scriptures don't bring it up, I think we can – there's always ambiguities in life, and I think, well, the kids, let's keep firm in our faith, the Lord Jesus, and let's entrust him. And if you're scared at night, like our kids would be in Brazil, and we'd have spiritus works out in front Mm -hmm. of the house, sacrifices against us, but you trust Christ, walk in and claim his power – And if there be any malignant spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, speak out loud, don't shout, just uh, tell them to get out of the home and leave those little children alone, and that they can rest in the Lord and be safe. But there are things we don't know, and I think the scriptures don't go there because we don't need to know in one sense. That may not satisfy the curious Mm 10-year-old, though. So, Linda, help us out here.
2: I agree with what you're saying. Uh, One of the verses that uh, Philippians 2.10, the one about uh, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him, meaning Christ, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And this is what I always thought was so interesting. You know that one. Above the earth. Uh, on the Earth and under the Earth, and I thought, under the Earth, okay, I know night crawlers are under the Earth I mean you know I'm from Iowa, I'm real simple like this, but I always was puzzled about that i I've since looked that up, and they're talking about the kind of the tripart way, the old you know the they said heaven was up there with the stars, Earth was uh uh Let's see, there's the heaven, it's a tripart thing. The heaven was the sun and the stars, and then the middle earth, and then the earth sat on top of what was left over, which was just kind of under the earth, and that's where um, Lazarus and, you know, when he was in the bow- bowels, of, or the, you know, with, help me out there, at Lazarus. Abraham's and, bosom? Yes. And yes. Okay, so that would be under the earth. Mm-hmm. Or well, not. Uh, because then if you go to Genesis 6, and this is where a lot of other Christian researchers go to Genesis 6 and go, what happened where the the sons the, of God thought the daughters of men, and they were cast down and kept out of their estate? You know, they were almost cast to earth as punishment. So where are they? I don't know. But in one sense, it doesn't matter, because I end up where you do, Scott, yeah. which is... Uh, Christ is above all mm-hmm. and every knee will bow and so I don't care who's under the earth if they're coming out and there are a lot of stories especially if you go to Indian uh, stories of their history of portals where they do come out There we still got Jesus which is a name above all names and so I would end up talking to my children just like you would have that we they have the authority in us that that uh, that Jesus gave us. Mm-hmm. That's the distinctively yes. Christian view, regardless yes. of what is regardless if they're real or not real. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. We have the medicine. If the disease is real or not real, we have the medicine <laughs> for it anyway. And our Lord proclaimed
3: victory over, you could say, Hades and Tartarus, the yes, lower exactly. echelons, the abyss of powerful enemies of god
2: he went down there and preached and, to them
3: and he he has the victory in all of this so yeah. the holy saturday as it's sometimes called between friday and sunday i think is increasingly being appreciated as our lord conquering the dead and uh, proclaiming the of course good news to those like lazarus in the the, the bosom of abraham uh that's their salvation, and, and and perhaps being at that point taken into the heavenlies. But certainly, he has proclaimed his victory over the spirits mm-hmm. of the underworld. So, just as we talk about mm-hmm. heaven being up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so the other being down. That may be metaphor, but
1: but maybe yeah, not. Yeah,
3: it's a different dimension.
1: So, I I do want us to just hit a couple other of the supernatural yeah. type entities that we were. Um, that I referenced earlier. So we've already kind of touched on witches, witchcraft, and mediums. So I, you know, there it seems like, especially Scott, with what you shared, there's some clearer indications in biblical um, direction yeah. with regard to those, and very much an assertion of their reality, and a caution to avoid. Um, so the, I, there are two more I want to talk about. I want to talk about ghosts. And I want to talk about the undead, and we have very little time, so I'm going to pitch into you quickly. (laughs) So ghosts, Um, and we can start with the idea of, you know, Casper the Friendly Ghost, Uh, but you know, for those apparition type things that people think that they have seen. There's haunted tours pretty much in every single major city in at least the United States. What's your take on that, and how should Christians think about it?
2: Ghosts. I hear about them a lot from people. Even when I was here, because they knew I was, of the professors, I'm one of the spooky ones, you know?
3: (laughs) So, Scare me half to death sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of uh, So they would come into my office, and they would tell me their strange spiritual stories, whether they were uh, lived in a haunted house or, you know, a dead grandmother kept advising them or just weird things. And, uh, uh, I mean, you know, my answer is, I don't know. That's my answer. Okay. So uh, you, Well, because it... Cause it My understanding of scripture is we don't stay around and haunt the places. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who's doing all this. And uh, I don't know. But it does seem like things happen. And so I don't know. I just soon think of Casper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Scott, do you have anything to add add on ghosts? The
3: one exception, of course, Lazarus and others came forth from the dead. and at the resurrection, at that point, but it is appointed to man once to die, and then the judgment. So, what to do with these ancestral spirits? And the ideas yeah. in almost every culture, from mm-hmm. Eskimo to Polynesia to mm-hmm. to Zambia. What Which do you do makes all it that? seem
1: like there's something really going on it in does, that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. There, but, yeah. It is a, a widespread concept. But the
3: scripture, you know, the passage I read out of Deuteronomy 18 mm-hmm. didn't say that's not real. It said, don't consult them. Yes. Stay yes. away from it. Hmm. So w- we can dismiss it in a lot of different ways, but whatever it is, stay away from it. I hmm. mean, you know, Moses could throw down Aaron's staff and mm-hmm. it became a, a, a snake. But then Pharaoh brought his boys out, and they threw down their staffs, and they became snakes as well. This isn't sleight of hand. This isn't a trick you buy in New York City. This is real stuff. So the evil and the power of the supernatural is really there. Mm -hmm. But we're told to avoid it.
2: Hmm. Right. That gets you into, like, the witches and uh, Mm -hmm. those, the mediums and so forth, because— Uh, It really bothers me when people talk about, oh, let's get a Ouija board and let's Mm -hmm. do this and that. And I'm thinking, you don't know that you're opening up doors to the the evil and the demonics that would love to come in and open doors and and enlighten you on things that are possible for you. I mean, I, as you know, because I work with a lot of trauma clients, one man told me about lying there at age 16. And he looked at the foot of his bed and there was a face looking back at him. And they just stared at each other for a while, and and finally, the face said, "What do you want?" Hmm. And so he told the face, and you can imagine he wanted what a sixteen-year-old boy who wasn't yet popular in school wanted—all those things. And within a year, he had all those things. He later went on to become, a, you know, a head priest in a satanic covenant. Uh, and, and there's a lot more to that story because mm-hmm. God was after him, too. But see, so all those things are real, but we're not to play with them or, have, uh, or make room for them. Uh, and there are a lot of things that open the doors to them. I was looking, one of my, one of my clients sent me uh, the ad that Disney is, is starting a new series that's called Little Demon. It's uh, Satan is now having a daughter who's the Antichrist. I mean, so look mm. at all the stuff that's flooding our culture. One, to make it silly and we can play with the demonics, we can play with uh, all this stuff because it's not dangerous. Well, see, that's a trick. Mm-hmm. It is dangerous. Mm.
3: And it makes it attractive and exciting.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
3: Almost every psychic that I, I know of, and I, I, we have the John of God series on Netflix in the last two years, a lot of others as well. I've got Edgar Casey, who mm-hmm. founded the Association for Religious Enlightenment. They often start out even as religious kids. Edgar Casey loved the Bible and taught. Taught the Bible for 20 years in his church and didn't want anyone to ask the Spirit in him as he'd go into a trance and give medical solutions around the country. Didn't want anybody asking religious questions. He said, No, I believe the Bible. But with time, okay, ask a religious question. And the psychics very often are, I'm going to say, invaded uh, by some kind of power. I'm going to say, a spiritual demonic power, very young, but it's very beautiful. And everything they do seems to turn out lovely. Always uh, at the beginning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with time. So even warning our children, don't go there. Um, not everything you see on Disney is, uh, is great, much less mm-hmm. some of the other ones. So I think bathing our kids in prayer and helping them to learn to pray to resist uh, the evil one, though they don't understand it all, is really a healthy thing to do.
2: Mm. Like Tolkien says, not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> mm. Let me follow up on that one because it's it's four mothers. Uh, there was a, a witch, um, and she knew she was a witch, uh, but there were, she got ill in her latter years and some Christians, Christian women, started taking care of her. Well, she became a believer. And then... Uh, And I saw an interview with her, and even over the three years in between the first and the second, you could tell her face was softening after Hmm. she became a believer. She went back to the mother of two girls because her job as a young person was to go around and make friends with kids and entice them into things where they then could be abused and could keep secrets and get pulled into occult, strange stuff. She was after these two kids, and she could never get them and they, she would never, she could never get them, so she went to her, their mother, who was an old woman at the time, and said, "I'm sorry, I was a witch, and my father was blah, evil, and I could never get your kids. Why?" And she said. I was so afraid for my children, I didn't know what to do. So every morning during breakfast, I stood behind them with one hand on each one of them, and I prayed silently for the Lord's protection Mm. over them that whole day. Mm -hmm. She said, I did that every morning, every morning, every morning. And the ex-witch said, that makes sense now. Hmm.
3: Let me throw something in. Okay, we've got it, we've got (laughs) it. I had lots of students who were uh, involved in spiritism before they came to Christ in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And Juan was brought up in a spiritist family and uh, trained to be one of their their leaders in the future. And then his leader, called a father of saints, said, but stay away from evangelicals. You have no power over them. Mm -hmm. It was like the lights went on. Well, why don't we have Uh any power over them?
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So we, I would love to continue this conversation, but we are out of time and I'm sure that we will do more podcasts on this topic because there are very real things that need to be dug into even deeper to help other believers think through these issues um, and through these areas. So, but what overall I'm hearing is very much there is a supernatural world. We don't want to disregard that. And as believers, we believe it is there, but we are to treat it very cautiously and um, not to delve into anything really that seems to be outside of (laughs) the indwelling of the Spirit and the leading of the Lord through Scripture and His community um, and His people. Is that fair? All right. And they can be set free. Yes, yes. Yes. And there is much power behind that that spirit and, um, his people. All right. So I want to thank you, Scott and Linda for joining us today. Um, it has been a ball. Thank you so much for being here. And we want to thank you who are listening. And we just ask that you be sure to join us next time when we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks for listening to the table podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary, teach truth, love well.